News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. And for more on the budget tomorrow, I'm joined by Seamus Coffey, former chair of the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council and economist at UCC and former Taunashta Joan Burton. I'll just come... Um, Joan, a giveaway budget. Shane Coleman has just said he thinks the government had very little choice politically, that the opposition wouldn't have tolerated anything else and the government would have, in fact, perhaps fallen had they not had such a giveaway uh, a budget. What's your, what's your reaction to the politics of this? Well, I think the politics is that we, we have a situation where, in fact, the government has quite good results uh, coming out for this year in terms of resources that will be available next year. So what we have to be really focused on is that the people who need the help the most get as much of that as possible. I think that's broadly two groups of people. Uh, That's people with children. Uh, Secondly, then, you're talking about older people. Now, the, the media this morning are rife with speculations of possibly 15 euro a week increase. Uh, if if that happened, that would be very helpful to families. If However, this is, this is in terms of pension or social welfare, it's, it, yeah, that increase, yeah. okay. However, we just need to be careful that if we do not uh, address the surge in energy prices, all of that could be eaten up quite rapidly without very much benefit uh, to the families who need the help the most. Okay. So what I would also say as well is that the government has to be very careful that we do not find ourselves back in the days of 2006-2008 when interest rates rose so high on Irish debt that the IMF were invited in by the then government of Field Fall. So you would be wary of us having too much of a giveaway, is that what you're saying? I I think we have to try and use the money as sensibly as possible. Um, The papers are awash today with dozens of different initiatives. The initiatives that, for instance, relate to helping children in school, they would be a big help to parents. Uh, However... We also have a situation, uh, strangely in Ireland, where we've not been doing that well in terms of support from the European Union for new investment. Uh, Countries like Italy and Spain, which admittedly have much larger populations than us, but also had the same difficulties back in the the 2010s. They seem to be getting a lot more infrastructure support. I I suppose the argument is is that they didn't bounce back economically as quickly as we did. Let let me bring Seamus back in. Seamus, I I believe your line is fixed and thank you for for your patience. Um, Your your reaction, you were just talking about about what they're doing with regard to energy. You heard what Joan said there, that the fear is is that we could end up, if we borrow too much, if, if we make ourselves too, I suppose, financially vulnerable with a giveaway budget, that this could blow up in our face maybe in a year or 18 months. Yeah, yeah, there are a couple of risks, I suppose. One is that domestically, the economy is performing very, very strongly. Employment growth has been strong. We've had modest uh, uh, earnings growth, albeit below that rate of inflation. So the economy itself is performing in a pretty strong position. And lots of households are saving significant amounts of money. So if we spend on the government's additional money, it could be that it just goes to further bolstering the, the bank deposits uh, of what could be relatively high-income households. And we have these sort of external concerns uh, about energy. We can't get rid of the, uh, in aggregate terms, the additional energy costs. We are importing energy uh, and are spending billions more on energy per annum uh, compared to 12 or 18 months ago. Typically, Ireland spent on an annual basis 
around 3 to 4 billion euro import energy, oil, gas, uh, and other uh, energy sources, which is a pretty significant amount. This year, it looks like that cost could be 9 or 10 billion. Uh, and that's primarily driven by the, the global price of oil that the budget can't get rid of. So what the budget can look to do, of course, is to redistribute uh, the burden of that cost. But if we go for a, a bit for everybody in the audience and, and try to spend huge amounts of money, uh, we, we're still not going to get over the, the yeah. fact that energy is increasing costs. But we're leaving ourselves potentially in a vulnerable and, position. And now, as I said, households might save, but the government might be in a vulnerable position. A lot of these measures are universal. Is, isn't that correct? They aren't targeted measures, Seamus. Things, things like universal school books, universal uh, maybe double payments of children allowance, universal energy credits, rent credits, uh, childcare subsidies. They, they aren't going to be means tested from what we understand. So is that foolhardy? Because obviously people on higher incomes will benefit from those things too. Yeah, so I think we've a couple of issues going on. We've won the idea of universal versus targeted measures and as maybe discussed earlier with the difference between temporary and permanent measures. Yeah. Now, for the last number of years, we've had lots of, of what were termed to be temporary measures. Uh, we had supports introduced in 2020 for, for COVID. They were continued through to 2021. And yes, many of those have stopped. But now we're going through a cycle of temporary measures for energy in both 2022 and 2023, with some of them possibly extend 2024. So if we have something ongoing every year, I think it becomes a bit of a sort of a myth. Uh, qualification. <clears throat> and and, and there, was a, there was certainly parties who opposed the, 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 the rolling back of the PUP. When the PUP was taken away, there were people saying it needed to be continued. So is that the fear that you bring in a one-off measure, but it, it's hard to claw it back nonetheless? Yeah, that it gets, it, gets it gets built into the base of spending. That in a different year, we'll call it something else, but that the spending okay. gets repeated on an annual basis. And I have one issue about the public finances is that based on figures published over the weekend, if the government were to do nothing tomorrow, there'd be a surplus of around four billion this year and maybe six or seven billion next year. So not huge, but that's before all the announcements we're due to get tomorrow. Uh, so it's likely we'll be running close to a balanced budget, which sounds like something that would be plausible and prudent. But we must remember that the government are getting an injection of adrenaline from corporation tax. Yeah. It is estimated that this year, certain the finance figures are that corporation tax will be twenty one billion with the bulk of that paid by foreign, mainly US multinationals. Uh, t- and next year it'll be 23 billion. And, very and if you're running a balanced no, budget, yeah. collecting over 20 billion in tax, that's not coming from Irish taxpayers, it's coming from foreign taxpayers, and all that money is going back out into the economy. Well, there are significant risks from that. Let me bring you back in, Joan Burton. What's your view on, on the targeted or the one-off measures? Are we getting that right? I mean, are we targeting the right people or, or is the universal um, payments well, that are coming I, too much? I think there are... There's one overriding group of people as well that we haven't spoken about yet. That's people who don't have homes, who are renting very expansively, if they can get a place to rent. Uh, We have then, obviously, parents with children. Uh, School costs are expensive. I see uh, the Minister for Education talking about quite a lot of measures potentially to help uh, children going to school and their parents. And then we have the issue of older people who remember if they're retired are living at home, so therefore they're going to need more energy and heat than almost anybody else. And in an old, cold house, they may need uh, effectively to have the fire going or the heat going all day. It certainly um, does look like things are being done with energy credits though, Joan, and with fuel allowance increases and those those types of things. Is that enough? Well, remember, in terms of the energy credits, it has to be targeted at people who may not be in the workforce at all. 
So if it's a tax-based energy credit, unless it's affecting the price of the supply of fuel, it's not particularly going to help those people. So you really have to focus that key groups do not get left out. And as I say, what we also have to have an eye to is that we're moving into an, an era of higher inflation rates. Now, that's going to take a bit of time to kick in. I hear what Seamus is saying about a three, four billion surplus uh, for this year uh, and possibly seven billion next year. However, in previous occasions, when things began to uh, fall apart, that seven billion for next year, as Seamus knows, could end up disappearing quite quickly. Joan, we'll leave it there. Thank you for speaking to us. That is former Thonista Joan Burton there and Seamus Coffey, former chair of the Irish Fiscal Advisory Council and economist at UCC. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.